Welcome to ATL Day Ones with Jarvis and Tanitra. Coming up on today's show, you need to hold your horses on those expectations for Kyle Pitts and why people act like they forgot about Mac. And last but not least, for the culture, the NFL needs to make up their damn mind. That's all next. It's ATL Day Ones. Let's go. This is ATL Day Ones, part of Locked On Sports Atlanta. And it starts now. I want to start by saying thank you for making ATL Day 1 your first listener of the day. Remember, we are free and available wherever you download your podcast and wherever you download your podcast. Make sure that you leave us a five-star review. Really appreciate that from you in advance. ATL Day 1 is a project locked on podcast network, your team every day. Coming up in 10 minutes, is there somebody on this offense, this Falcons offense, that's been forgotten about? We'll talk about that first. But first, have to let you know that Tanitra is not with us, and this is the last day she won't be here with us. I got my main man, Andy Bunker, Bunktown, the Bunker Mentality, uh, Bunky Pants, you know, all those little nicknames. He's rocking with us today, and we thank you, uh, thank you, uh, uh, Bunk, for, uh, for coming back with me and, and, you know, and not feeling too upset about having to do this. this show. Uh, I'll, I'd do this. <laughs> I would do this any day. Thank, thank you for having me. Um, awesome that Tanitra is going to be back. I do love because when I listen to you guys – um, the, the locked on Falcons show, you guys always hit like the, uh, Jarvis Davis, AK, like the, like the outcast AKAs. Yes. Now, yes. AKAs. That's pretty solid. Boy, AKA Lucius left foot, AKA. And I was like, oh, I need to, yeah. Bunktown, AKA bunky pants. Yeah. I, I, I need to work that in somehow though. Like, cause anytime you can sort of be ripping off, uh, outcast, that's, that's always good. No doubt, yeah. Like, and then, you know, it's branded too, man. Like, you know, you're a personality. You're you're on air talent, so you have to brand yourself accordingly, man. Come on. I still rock yeah. with the TBM nine two nine Twitter handle because I yes, mean, that, man. You know, Come you on, man. You still have the password to that. Like, you still have access. <laughs> and, and I have no idea what it is. Uh, <laughs> if you ever remember and wanted to like ruin my radio career you could do that probably <laughs> yeah i probably could but you know why would i want to do that you know what yeah, i'm saying like come on man i feel like we I, I feel like our careers have kind of meshed together like i feel like we are both accountable for each where each other's are right now and like, you, know, you know what i'm saying i know like, i certainly really cool. feel that i certainly feel that way about my relationship with you i nobody was going to take anything i said seriously at night if i didn't have you uh vouching for me so no doubt. Yeah, I wouldn't be doing what I'm doing at 99 in the game if it wasn't for you. I, I believe that 100%. 100%, man. I appreciate that, man. And uh, likewise, like because like I said, you taught me a lot about this game and, you know, and, you know, helped me open my eyes to the fact that, hey, I can do this regardless of all my bosses telling me I can't do this. And I need to go to Columbus, Georgia and go do it. <laughs> yeah, turns, out, turns out they were wrong. <laughs> yeah, they were absolutely wrong. You mother blankers. Hi. Hi, hater. They don't work in radio anymore either. What do you know? Yeah, there we go. Yeah, that kind of explains it all. But anyway, you know, uh, that nice little reminiscent right there. But, Bunk, man, the one thing that I feel like people are just coming to this season that people feel like Kyle Pitts is just going to go for 1,500 yards, 1,700 yards. At least that's what the vibe that that I'm getting. But for me, I kind of look at it from the standpoint of, okay, dude, 
towards MCL and what week eleven last year against the Chicago Bears. Uh, take one Graham did as well. I don't know the kind of twin injuries, so to speak. So those guys or both of them, and Kyle Pitts more importantly, is coming off of an injury. And I really feel like a lot of times when you have a guy coming off injury, there's going to be a ramp up period. There's going to have to be a grace period to, for him to get to the space where he feels comfortable being back out on the field. And, and given the amount of snaps that I feel that Kyle Pitts is, is going to get on offense in the preseason, I don't think he's going to get any more going, uh, especially on Thursday night. And when you think about not being able to be out on the field and take those licks consistently to be able to feel comfortable, I just really feel like Kyle Pitts is in a space where it's going to be some time before we kind of see the real Kyle Pitts, that rookie tight end that, you know, the highest drafted tight end in NFL history. Yeah, no, that's interesting. Um, the way that they've treated him in uh, training camp and preseason would definitely uh, follow that thought process. Like, remember, he, do, he didn't do any seven-on-seven, seven, any 11-on-11 11 11 stuff the first couple nope. of weeks. He had a brace on his knee at the beginning, and then he had a sleeve on his knee. Honestly, I was surprised he played Friday night. I didn't. I didn't. I didn't know if Kyle Pitts would play Friday night in the game. Where I didn't think he was going to play. Yeah, yeah. To be honest with you, yeah. I'm, I'm glad he did, and I'm glad they they got him a target and all that kind of stuff to so kind of get him get him worked in. But no, that's a good point. I, you know, you do sort of think about it from the standpoint of all right, he's back. I think about him this way, so my expectations for him are are up here. Um, maybe they do bring him back a, a little bit more slowly, but e- even if so, like. At some point this year, whether it's after the first month, whether it's you know midway, I don't I don't know how long it takes for them to feel and for him to feel like 100% back to normal. He's he's got to be great. Like I, I think in order for this team to be, yeah. you know, to meet its potential, um, him and 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 London and and obviously Bijan. And the offensive line, like there's just certain guys that like if the Falcons are going to be a playoff, those guys are going to have to be really good. The thing about really good is very vague, though, right? Because it's like I have a hard time assigning a a stat expectation to Kyle Pitts just for some of that stuff you're talking about. Absolutely, yeah. It's more impact, right? Like, you know, and and, and red zone. Like he's really got to be – uh, that that sort of uh, monster in the red zone as they've touted him to be, we just haven't seen yet. Um, but yeah, no, I think I think that's a a very reasonable way to approach him this year. Not that anyone's going to listen to us <laughs> or do that. Of course, people being reasonable. They need fifteen and twelve, baby. Come on, yeah, now. what are you talking about? <laughs> every record. Um, but that you know that said, like even with te- tempered expectations, by the end of the year, like he's got to be an absolute nightmare for the other team. Again, they drafted him fourth overall. Like they decided this guy was the, the difference maker of difference makers at that position. And now he's got real talent around him too. So um, he's got to be good. Yeah. I'm I'm with you because here's the thing. Like I look at it from two, 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 two different um, angles of it. Right. The first one is like I always thought, Tanisha and I have had conversations about how important the chemistry between he and Desmond Ritter is going to be, right? Because we've seen, we've seen how he and Drake London have yeah. kind of hit it off. Ritter, that is. That's that's working fine. I'm not concerned about that at all. 
But, you know, on-field work, live ball, live in-game action, like Desmond Ritter and Kyle Pitts, it's, it's, a, it's, a, very, it's a fairly new relationship. It's never happened. It's, it's, yeah, it's, it's never happened. So I, I think that right now, that's the most important relationship as to how this offense is going to work. Because when you look at an uh, offensive coordinator like Arthur Smith, the dude loves 12 personnel. That's one running back and two tight ends for all my people who don't know. Like, he loves to run those type of formations. So why wouldn't those, you know, why wouldn't you have your, your tight end and your uh, quarterback in those in good spaces to be able to execute? And a second part of that is, is the offensive line piece. Because a lot of people are assuming that, hey, this is going to be a top three rushing team. You know, hey, you know, the offensive line is, is that, but it's going to be a little bit different this year. Because Matt Hennessy is not here. You know, you got Drew Dahlman and Chris Lindstrom and, and Kayla McGarry. You got Jake Matthews coming back. But there's a, somebody different right there in that spot. It's going to be Matthew, by the name of Matthew Bergeron, who I thought I thought he showed well uh, on Friday against the Cincinnati Bengals. But, like, we can't automatically assume that everything is going to be the same and everything is going to work just like it did last year because, one – he could he can move. That's one thing about him that was that was consistent. Hey, he can run the football. Are we going to see Desmond Ritter in those same instances to be able to give the defense the same look so that run game can be successful? Yeah, I'm interested to see. We we, we talked about this a couple weeks ago of like, okay, last year they were the third ranked rushing offense in the NFL. I don't remember right. where they were passing or overall or all that, but like. What numbers are likely to go up? What numbers? It was towards the bottom of the league. I think it was either twenty first or something. Yeah, I, I wouldn't be surprised if they're not as high up of a rushing attack, ranked rushing attack, as they were last year, because I think they'll be more balanced. Like I, I think, mm. or at least I hope. I guess I, let me say that. Yeah. I hope they'll be more balanced. I think last year they you you assume that because Desmond Ritter going to be a better quarterback, right? Like that, it has to be like, like he has, has to be to better be. than one. They told us he's going to be better because they named him the starter and didn't bring in anybody better. So right, he, exactly. Florida yeah. was not good. Like yeah. I, I don't know what anyone was watching if they said that he was. It was a joke. Like I don't know how anybody thought he was going to be good because he's never good in his NFL career. So we, <laughs> no, we saw what he was last year, okay? And Eagles yeah. fans are seeing it in preseason right now. Like he's just he's an average. He can do certain things. He's a great guy, like a solid, like not going to rock the boat. Although he did leave with four games left in the season, which is kind of a surprise too. But that like that's while doing a documentary. <laughs> Yeah, like that, that was kind of unexpected. But yes. I think they, they ran the ball effectively because they could, but also they had to. Like, yeah. you didn't – I mean, you remember that game. I don't remember who the opponent was, but Mariota was so bad. They ran the ball like 14 straight times on a drive just to be like, no, no way, man. We're not letting you throw this game away anymore. We need to go down and score. That's yep. how we're going to win. We have this advantage. We're running behind the right side of the line of scrimmage. Yep. And we're going to go. The other thing was they wanted to keep that defense off the field. Absolutely. I don't know if you like go by points per game or whatever, but that's because they did a great job of, of controlling the clock. Like they didn't want that defense on the field last year. Those yeah. guys, those guys weren't stopping anybody when it mattered. No. Now they, they did come up with some important interceptions late in games against Seattle. And there, there was a, a couple of times where that happened, but like they're just so much better this year. We're like, you shouldn't be scared to have the defense on the field. Yeah. This defense should be good. And you should be able to throw the ball too. So not to say that I think the rushing attack is going to be worse. I just don't think they're going to have to run the ball as much as they did last year. 
And I think it's going to be a, a more balanced team overall, right? Because just for the reason that you mentioned, when you talk about not being able to trust the quarterback to throw the football at least once yeah. you know, out of 14 times. <laughs> yeah. So I think that, you know, they, I think this regime has expressed a lot of confidence in Desmond Ritter. And to be honest with you, I'm not looking for him to be spectacular, but I am looking for him to at least do what he's asking. And I think, I don't think Arthur Smith is going to put him in a situation to where he's going to be out of character or be asked to do something that that's not in his wheelhouse or that's not in his capability. So I, I think overall, yeah, people, Need to temper the expectations just a little bit when it comes to Kyle Pitts, but I think at the at, at the end of the day, once you get into the mid season, towards the end of the season, that that chemistry that we talked about, that rapport that we talked about, I think that that thing needs to be humming. Yeah, that part. <laughs> I, I was just sort of thinking about it from the how are they going to bring it back from an injury standpoint. You're right. Like they've never played a professional game together. Um, yeah, you saw that Ritter and and, and London chemistry happened quickly last year and that that kind of probably goes back to the draft too like everybody knows when as soon as they got drafted those guys met up and were were practicing working out together running around the buddies so, yes yeah so that was a very smart move by drake london <laughs> right uh, yes and th- that that chemistry between Pitts and uh and ritter yeah that that's got to develop yeah absolutely absolutely <clears throat> guys gotta tell you something I want to let you know that this episode of ATL Day Ones is brought to you by FanDuel Sportsbook because it is the number one sportsbook in America. Guess what? The NFL season is here, people. All you got to do is if you want to take advantage of some bonus bets, if all you got to do is bet for the Falcons to win the Super Bowl and you're going to get be able to get bonus bets. Yes, bonus bets to be able to bet on anything from the money line, the over-unders, all of that. They got all of that right there just for you. Because, you know what, we talk, just talk about the Falcons and Arthur Smith offense. You know, you're talking about first touchdown score. How many uh, touchdowns are Kyle Pitts going to score? They got all of that right there waiting just for you. So here's what I want you to do. I want you to go to FanDuel.com slash LockedOn. FanDuel.com slash LockedOn to take advantage of the bonus bets. If you bet on the team to win the Super Bowl, every time they win, you're going to get Bonus bets to be able to bet on whatever you want to. So go to fandu.com slash locked on. Fandu.com slash locked on. L O C K E D O N. Fandu. It is the official sportsbook betting partner of the National Football League. It is ATL Day Ones. And here with Andy Bunker filling in. Tanisha will be back tomorrow for all you people that's crying right now listening to this episode. I get it. I, th- I miss her too. But, I get it. You know, my, but, but my, name, my man Bunktown, a.k.a. Uh, uh, Bunker Mentality, a.k.a. Uh, 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 what, did we, what did we say earlier? Come on, man. You got to help me out here, man. A.k.a. Like Bunker and Friends. Bunky Pants. Uh, Bunky Pants. A.k.a. Kawhi Leonard. Kawhi Leonard. Oh God! Oh, this this show has gone completely off the rails. So hey, let me get get this thing back on track. All right, all right, bump. Now we just talked, got through talking about Kyle Pitts, Desmond Ritter, what expectations and all that stuff coming off an of injury. But I think that a lot of times we mentioned yesterday how you know our main man Aaron Freeman for Locked On Falcons. Make sure you guys check that out. By the way, was talking about hey they need the Falcons need to go get Corey Davis, but. To be honest with you, if you're looking at this wide receiver group and you start going through, you know, the Scotty Millers of the world and all that stuff, there's a name that 
people really don't mention that much. And I feel like this dude can be a nice, solid contributor to this team. And that's Mac Hollis. Like even when when he, when he was he was he was asked by the uh, media the other day, he was talking to us, and he was saying how you know he doesn't really care about the whole numbers things. Like he said, I can go over ten thousand yards. If we don't get a W, it don't mean anything. So I think that Arthur Smith and Terry Fontenot were very strategic in the type of guys that they were bringing in. They can they're bringing in guys that can contribute, but they also bringing in guys that who don't really give a damn what their numbers look like, and they're just trying to win football games. Yeah, I think that's it. I think he also fits the mold of size. They, they seem yeah. pretty clearly to like, and even last year with guys. NBA like, power four rejects. That's why I would like the four right. yeah, they, to him as, yeah. They, they like, they like the, <laughs> the, the four position. Um, yes. Matt Collins a big dude, man. Like, yeah, we, he's not we, we talked about this a little bit yesterday, just in terms of like what jumped out on the um, – in the preseason game. And, and I did mention that just like, I don't know, there's something about him, like the way he plays, he's got kind of a mean streak about him. You love a big wide receiver that likes to block because as much as maybe they won't lean on the run game as much this year as they did last year, they're still going to run the ball a lot. And yes. you want to be tough. Like everybody wants to be physical and tough on that side of the ball. So having a guy that could do that. And Matt Collins is right. Like I'm, I'm glad he feels that way about numbers because he's not going to probably have huge numbers. Like No, like, he's not. Yeah. He, he, I don't even know again, like it's hard to project stats, but he might have 40 to 50 catches this year. Like that, you know, somewhere around. If he gets that, that'll be he'll be well worth his contract. Yeah, that'd if, be a if lot. He gets that, you know, if he gets to that number. Yeah. Kyle Pitts is going to have a lot of catches. Drake London's going to have a lot of catches. John Smith is going to get the ball thrown to him. Scotty Miller is going to get the ball thrown to him. B. John is going to get the ball thrown to him a lot. Yes. So, yes. you know, but Mac Hollins, to me, the interesting thing is going to be, you know, I start talking about all this positionless football and stuff. And if you can, you know, split Bijan out wide. So all of a sudden he's got to be accounted for. And maybe Pitts is, is out wide too. So they've got to think about him. Obviously London, Mac Hollins is going to have the third best corner on him a lot. Yeah. That's a nice, that's a nice proposition. So you, you get matchups with him where he's going to be able to out physical the other guy. And uh, again, like how, how often does that happen in a game? I don't know. Like you're probably not, not like matchup hunting, <laughs> you know? Yeah. Yeah. You might find that a couple times a game. I don't know how many, maybe two, three catches a game, something like that. But I think that's going to be there sometimes. It's just a matter of, of Ritter being able to hit it. But I'm, I'm with you. Like, no one's going to draft Mac Hollins on their fantasy team. And and you shouldn't. That would be a terrible pick. He's not going to get a lot of – not going to let that Right. But I think he's going to be impactful in the, in the targets that he gets, though. Yeah, I, I'm with you on that. Because here's the thing. Like, I was actually joking with Arthur Smith when he was talking about, you know, just – having so many weapons and guys just, you know, um, trying to find out, find different matchups on, on a weekly basis on Sundays. And I was like, I know that I was thinking to myself before I even asked the question, I was just like, man, I know this dude's going to have a lot of fun trying to figure out how to get guys in one-on-one matchups. And I even joked with him. It's a follow-up question. I was like, coach, you're going to be running some of that 14 personnel out there. He was like, I don't know. We'll see. You know, you know, I like to push the envelope. I was like, Oh, you, Cocky mother blanko. Oh my God, I can't wait. Because it's just like, I just get excited about that type of stuff because, you know, I'm a defensive guy. So I've always been fascinated with offensive coordinators, like guys who like the stick to the old school script, so to speak, 
you know, and, and Arthur Smith was talking about it in, on an interview with uh, Pat, on the Pat McAfee show, talking about how he felt like he was kind of built in like the 70s and 80s. And then when you think about that era of football, it was run the ball till you can't run it anymore. <laughs> like play action was a was a call pass, you know, it like was a call pass. And those were the, the passes you were used to seeing more so than guys spread out five wide and all that stuff. So when I when I think about him going through that or or or, or being in that space, it just makes it just brings me to a space where like I think people are gonna be very entertained this year. Because I know the people are like, oh, he's going to run football, he's going to run football. But when you think about the weapons that he have has this year versus last year, like it's, 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 it's a world of difference. And I think you're going to see the creativity because a lot of people say, oh, a run-based offense isn't creative or it has to be five wide, spread them out and all that stuff. But now you're going to see what Arthur Smith is working with from a, from a formational standpoint and a matchup standpoint because I always say, as much as I don't like Kyle Shanahan as a person for real, he just seems like a, a he has a punchable face. But I think I feel like he's one of the best play callers that I've ever seen live. And I think that Arthur Smith this year, he could put himself in that conversation given what he's working with and given the mindset he's going into this season with. If they went 14 personnel, who's the fourth tight end? Because we're you know we're looking at cuts right. <laughs> yeah. So it would probably be Parker Hesse, I would believe, because he kind of he kind of moonlight between fullback to H back type guy. So we got Janu, Kyle, you know, Michael Pruitt. That's his guy. You know, Parker Hesse. Yeah, probably Parker Hesse. Okay. All right. Yeah. That, that, I heard that and I was like, ooh, Jarvis thinks they're keeping four tight ends. Who's that guy going to be? <laughs> it's not going to be John Fitzpatrick. I can tell you that much right now. Like, I'm sorry, John. Yeah. Yeah. Man, that's a nice little tight end room. Yeah. Because that's where the part of the preseason we're in now, where it's like, all right, starters are probably aren't going to play anymore. We know who the starters are at almost every position. All right. Back into the roster. Who gets cut? <laughs> <laughs> yes. <laughs> that's that's where we are, man. And, and it's, 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 it's going to be really interesting because – I really feel like they don't know who their swing tackle is going to be. I know, you know, like this is like this is where we are at preseason. Talk about a backup tackle. Yes, I get it. But I, I think when you talk about Josh Miles, who I thought was fine when they um, subbed him in because Jalen Mayfield didn't know, like, didn't know, didn't even look like he knew what the hell he was doing. And then, you know, so and Tyler Vrabel as well. Tyler Vrabel had a solid game. He was, I guess, he was fine. You know, like all right. I, I defer to you. I defer to you. Hey. <laughs> I, 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 I'm not going to sit up and act like I, I really dug that deep into Tyler Vrabel because I haven't been paying attention to him that much. But when you think about going into this last game, like this really feels like or smells like to me that I would not be surprised if they went the veteran route made that phone call and saying, or they were paying attention heavily yeah, to that, really that waiver wire. Is the swing tackle on the team currently? Cause my answer would be no. I don't, I don't think that he is. I think that he is a, you know, a name that you probably don't know that Arthur Smith knows that maybe he had as a backup in Tennessee or something like that, that, uh, you know, ends up not making it on his team and the Falcons go get him. You know, it's, it's it's a boring conversation, but it's such an important guy because yeah, it is. Jake Matthews got hurt, and Jalen Mayfield had to play left tackle. You would lose that game. Like yeah. you're gonna lose. You're gonna lose the game. 
So yeah, they take them out because they wanted to get a good look in the preseason game. Like they like they, they couldn't get a good look because he couldn't. He didn't know why he what he looked like. What he, he didn't know what he was the hell he was doing. You know, on, on, on a good day, just like I can't even talk right now. <laughs> probably wouldn't even be on the team if they didn't need bodies for the game on Thursday. Yeah. And, and that's truly unfortunate when you're talking about a third-round pick in the first draft of your coaching, general managing regime. Not yet. Yeah. Yeah, guys. Yeah. We we hope you guys – we thank you guys for sticking around with ATL Day 1s with Jarvis and Tanitra. We got Andy Bucker filling in today. All you everydayers, if you like what Andy Bucker's been doing, go ahead and you know, drop a comment in that comment box. We appreciate you guys in advance. And, you know, don't say nothing crazy, man. Like – we want the man to come back. You know, I, you know I rock with y'all. That, that's my man. This is my man yeah, right here. So, yeah. Just don't tell me. Yeah, yeah. Just don't say anything. You like you say, like your mama say. If you ain't got good in, anything good to say. Don't say anything at all. But Andy, this is for the culture. It is the intersection between sports, entertainment, the culture, and sometimes whatever the hell we want to talk about because it's just how we get down on the show. Today is no different. Andy, I think the NFL needs to make up their damn mind because when you think about the value for the running back, it has gone down. It's been intentional, and can't no one tell me any different because when you talk about the franchise tag actually going down when the salary cap has been going up, that math ain't mathing. <laughs> the math ain't mathing for me. And when you have a running back that was drafted in the first round uh, uh, with the eighth overall pick and B. John Robinson being one of the highest paid running backs in the league, that also tells you that it has been intentional. So now we have Jonathan Taylor, who requested a trade at the end of July after meeting with Jim Irsay. Jim Irsay was probably drunk off a of fifth or something like that and actually told him how he really felt about him. So uh, now we have a situation where they are allowing him to request a trade. But the reports are that they want a first-round pick. So my whole thing is, like, if the – position doesn't have any value he has one year left on his contract and you the team that's trading for him need to come up with a first round pick or a, a collection of picks that of equal value to that first round pick what are we really talking about here man like what's going on man like seem like really some t- talking, talking about the side of a neckness going on what we're really talking about is the Colts are not trading Jonathan Taylor <laughs> like basically okay Jonathan you go see what it's like out there. You go see if anybody's interested in not only trading, and you're right. I mean, running back position is not worth anything. But if you want ours, give us a first rounder. Right. It's <laughs> worth everything in the NFL. Like, first round picks in the NFL are worth everything. But we want it. We want for him. Um, but not only do you need to give us a first rounder, you also have to be willing to give him the market setting contract when he gets there because that's what he wants. So, no one's doing that. Like, no, I'm sure we'll try to talk the price down. And look, if you can get Jonathan Taylor for like a couple thirds or whatever, Jonathan Taylor is one of the best five running backs in football when he's healthy. And it's done. 1,800 yards two years ago. Um, yeah. 21 touchdowns will go along with that. Yeah. yeah. Like, he's that's, a, that's a lot. <laughs> um, yeah. But yeah, that's what the Colts are saying. They say, yeah, sure. Great. Go out, go find a trade partner. See if you can find one. And my question is, when he doesn't find one, like when no one's willing to do that, is he going to play? Like, is he going to go back and, and play for for Indy, or is he going to going to sit out because then he's not going to get any money? He was a second round 
draft pick. So he's got three years of second round draft pick money, which, you know, for normal people is a lot of money, but for someone as talented as him, not anywhere near what, what he's actually worth to a football team and probably not enough to just walk away from the game forever. Right. Age. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, man. He's in a terrible spot. He's it sucks. Like he, that there's, there's, Again, I know we're talking about lots of money and, and playing sports for a living and all that. With that understanding, right, with that context, yeah. being yep. a great running back in the NFL right now is it's like one of the most unfair positions in sports. It sucks, man. It, it, it just sucks because when you think about, like, the teams that are successful, you know, around playoff time, when you're talking about in December and January – it's a team that can run the ball effectively. Like, and Peyton Manning, I'll never forget this. I've, when uh, Peyton Manning finally won his first Super Bowl, it took Dominique Rhodes <laughs> in order for him to go on a, a crazy run in the playoffs in order for them to get to where they need to be. And when you think about being in that situation, it's kind of like, it kind of it stinks because the, fo- the football purists, you know, not the new, new uh, analytical guys, the football peers know it like, hey, man, I need to be able to run the football if I want to be able to get to a Super Bowl or be effective in those later months leading up to leading up to that big game. But then the analytics guy would come back and say, yeah, but Dominic Rhodes did it and they didn't pay him anything. So <laughs> they couldn't do it with Edgerrin James, who was the best running back in football and got a lot of money. Yeah. They did do it with Dominic Rhodes. Who, you know what I mean? So it's like, yeah, yeah, yeah. I I wish it wasn't like this for running backs because yeah. great running backs are are important and there are guys that are different like like B. John Robinson is a different running back than you're running you're not going to get a guy like that in the fifth round I'm sorry you're just not yeah. like you yeah. might get similar type of production if you have the right play calling and you know offensive line and all that kind of stuff but like that you can't tell me that there's not dudes that are just different at that position because there used to be. And there are at other positions now. <laughs> I just, yeah. I, I understand the direction of the game has gone a, a little bit elsewhere, but you're right. Like having a, a great reliable guy that you can hand the ball to on, on short yards and, and pick it up when it's smash mouth football in December and January, that'll never not be important. Um, so I, guess I feel bad for these guys because it's like yeah. Jonathan Taylor is really, honestly, is one of the best five players at his position in the NFL. And he can't get a second contract because he's a running back. You got yeah. NBA players, and I know it's different. I know I'm comparing apples to apples, but whatever, man. Like Desmond Bain just got a $200 million contract. Like Jonathan Taylor is better at football than Desmond Bain is at basketball. And yeah. I just. Yeah. Uh, and what makes it even more sad is really nothing they can do right now. Oh, something new. No. Yeah, there's nothing you can do. And only and if they try to fight to get something done, they're not going to reap the benefits of it. <laughs> like you know, so it's going to be for their brethren, that twelve or thirteen year old that's in middle school right now. <laughs> He's probably reaping the benefit. Um, today on the on the show was like. You know, you want to root for the guys because you you do you care about them as individuals, right? Like, mm-hmm. just being a sports fan and rooting for the jersey, like you do want good things for these people. I think, hopefully, um, yeah. 
But like from a business standpoint, if the Falcons never give Bijan Robinson a second contract, that's probably the right thing to do, right? Like just give him the ball as much as you can. Yes. Yeah. Extend his fifth year option. Franchise yeah. tag him for the sixth. Franchise will change then. And if B. John Robinson can still walk after seven years, then we have a conversation. But like that's how they think about it. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, and by that time, you know, he's getting closer to that to that number. That oh, he running backs don't get paid. That's yeah. thirty. Yeah. Dude, running backs, it, it, whether it's thirty or it's X amount of touches or whatever, like seven productive years as an NFL running back is almost unheard of. <laughs> like, yeah. and if you're a first yeah. round running back, you can't hit the market for the first seven years if they don't want you to. Yeah, that's, that's why the smart teams that go ahead and draft those guys so they can get that extra year, and you know exactly you can you could be justified by not paying them. That's also the argument for the for the analytic guy that does want to say, well, you don't draft a running back in the first round. Say, well, if you do and he's productive, you don't have to extend him a long term contract until he's good for extra year to burn him up. Because the the analytics guy also loves to be like um, armchair salary cap expert. Like those guys tend to be like the same guy. Yeah, Uh, yeah, the same dude, same dude, same person. You can you can counter punch him with the. Yeah, well, what about this? Yeah, absolutely. Well, well, what about you joining me and, and making me happy for joining me for these past two days? I really appreciate you, man. Uh, and we appreciate you guys for rocking with ATL Day Ones and making your first listen of the day. And remember, we're free and available wherever you download your podcast. Hey, and go ahead and leave us a five-star review while you're at it. Really appreciate that from you in advance. And go ahead and spread the word about what we got going on right here on Locked On Sports at Atlanta. And last but not least, before we get out of here, make sure you guys, you don't do anything else with your lives. Make sure you share love, show love, and most importantly, spread love.